Thank you so much for joining us today. God wants to use people like you to help build his kingdom. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to serve in the local church. If you want to get involved with College Park Church, visit collegeparkchurch.org and click on Get Involved. Also, if you'd like to help support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting collegeparkchurch.org to choose the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. This morning, we're going to dive into the... um Dive through the eyes, through the lens, through the, the, through the perspective of the three wise men. Someone shout wise men. Wise. How many of you want to walk in more wisdom? Yeah. Right? Well, this morning, we're going to learn some principles, some ways for us to be able to walk wiser in 2020, where 2020 is going to be a year of plenty. 2020 is going to be a year of harvest. 2020 is going to be the greatest year of change for your life. Does anybody believe that in this house this morning? Amen? 2020 is going to be a year of continual breakthrough. Um, next week, we're going to... Um, I, I wanted to preach a message uh, today that God gave me around 2 a.m. this morning in regards to pick yourself up and just keep walking. It's like there's so many things that happen to us in life and it, and it causes us to stop. So many th- experiences, we want to quit. Certain people, certain problems, trials and tribulations that we encounter, and we just want to sit down, and we don't want to move forward. But God's Word gives us certain keys, certain principles, certain ways to keep moving forward to be the woman or be the man that God has called us to be, to be the world changers, to be planet shakers, to be city takers, to be the light of the world. Amen? And I cannot wait for, um, for next week. But today, if you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to a very familiar passage, Matthew chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. We're going to look through the lens of the wise men. And this is what it says in the NIV. Matthew chapter 2, verses 8 through 12 in NIV, it says this. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go, search carefully for the child. Herod is talking to the wise men. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Herod is lying. He doesn't want to worship Jesus. He wants to kill Jesus. There are people in your life who say they love God, but they don't love God. They want to kill what God is doing inside of you. The spirit of the world that is living in them to steal, kill, and destroy the purpose of God that God placed you on this earth, he wants to take that from you. And if you're not careful, you'll get connected to people who don't want what God wants in your life, but people who want to take what God has placed in your life. And this is Herod. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose It went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child was with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream, do not go back to Herod, they return to their country another way. I love this. One of the things I was researching in regards to the Magi, the three wise men, uh, the song says, read three kings of Orient are. Some people believe that no one really knows the exact place where they traveled from, but some people believe it to be either Arabia or India. 
And they traveled either on camels or horses. No one really knows. But this is the speculations as far as what they've honed in to be the, maybe the main answer in what the Magi came or where they came from in order to get to Jerusalem and then from Jerusalem to see Jesus in Bethlehem in a manger or in a stable. And it would take them, what I, I didn't know growing up, I thought that when Jesus was born in swaddling clothes in a manger, in a stable with animals, that the shepherds and the wise men came right then. But if you were to read your Bible and, and understand history, that the wise men traveled for two years, somewhere up to two years. No one really knows how long they traveled, but somewhere up to two years. The reason why it's two years it's because Herod would get the prophecies. He would get all his advisors, all his own wise men, his, pre, his priests, his scholars and scribes. And he would ask them to go research everything, all the prophecies. And they would find out that, man, somewhere approximately two years ago, Jesus was born. And you know what Herod did on Christmas or at least that month? He killed every kid two years and younger annihilated, destroyed, genocide. Every kid, every boy, two years and killed him because he was not going to have any other king rise up and take his power, take his responsibility, take what he thought, this is mine. You know when you're living in selfishness, when you see God bless someone else, but then you're like, oh, what about me? Where is mine? Selfishness and greed is right there. And if you're not careful, you will kill the next generation that's rising up because of your actions, because of your behavior, because you are not willing to serve and worship and give to the king. That's why our core values is to love genuinely, to serve relentlessly, to give generously and to honor constantly, because that is the heart of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so the Magi would travel for two years Two years of traveling in the wilderness. Two years of traveling in a desert. Two years. They would leave their family. They would leave their jobs in the kingdom. They would literally leave their, 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 their hometown, their city. And for two years, they're traveling to find someone they've never seen. To look for someone that no one has ever heard of in regards to in real life. All they've ever had was a word that they got two thousand thousands of years ago, and they're going based on this word that they got thousands of years ago, and they see a star shining bright, and all they have to get to a place that they've never seen, to see a person they have never seen or heard of, is to follow a star. This bright star that is shining so bright leads them either from Arabia to India to Jerusalem, and the Bible says as they get to Jerusalem, they talk to King Herod, Herod's intentions are to not worship Jesus, but to kill Jesus as they leave that place, what seems to be a place that is a trap of the enemy. The Bible says that the star appeared again. And when the star appeared and it led them to a palace, but it led them to a stable. What happens when you spent your entire life giving up everything of your life to follow a star and it leads you to a stable? How disappointing would that be? I thought, I thought I'd come to see a king. So if I come to see a king, I should be led into a palace. If I come to see a king, I, 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 I should be treated with royalty and with dignity and such high respect. No, no. They followed a star 
and that star led them to a stable. A stable. Someone shout stable. A stable is a term used to describe a place where a group of animals are kept by an owner. Animals. That's where, that's what a stable is, is consumed of. Filthy, stinking animals. And this is where God, this is where the star led the wise kings, the wise men, the magi. How would you receive that moment when you had this expectation of royalty and splendor and then you're placed, you're led, you're directed, the travel guide leads you to a stable filled with animals, filthy animals. That would be somewhat disappointing. That would be disheartening. And if you're not careful, some of the blessings that God is leading you to, you'll see a stable. If you're not careful, God is leading you into a blessing, but all you see is a barn. But if you can look closely, it's not a barn, it's not a stable, but there is a Savior that's in the middle of it all. A savior that is being birthed. A savior that is about to grow up. A savior that is about to be the supernatural miracle that the world has been needing and wanting for so many years. And yet, if you're not careful, you will despise humble beginnings, disregarding the savior because you see a stable. Not realizing that the miracle is in the middle of all that animals, in the middle of all that mess. God wants to turn it around. But will you let the light that's shining bright lead you? And so I wondered this morning, what star is leading you? You see, in Scripture, Revelation 22, 16 talks about the bright and morning star being Jesus. But there's other stars. There's the skeptic star. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 4, they will say, where is this coming? Where, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it once did in the beginning of creation. In other words, nothing's changed. It was like it was in the days of Moses. It was like it was when it was in the days of my mom and my dad. Nothing has changed. Marriages are still dysfunctional. The home is still crazy. The world is still broken and all. Nothing has changed. But God said, I've come to change everything. I've come to give you a blessing. I've come to present you my presence. I've come to give you the greatest present this world has ever seen, and that is my glory. But what do you see? What star is leading you? What star are you following? Are you following the skeptic star? You see, the skeptic star will always leave you doubting. The skeptic star will always lead you to a place where you don't know, where you are, where you are, where you have, you have a lack of knowledge, where you have a lack of understanding, and because of that, you are always doubting. Not only is there the skeptic star, but in Luke chapter twelve, verses nineteen through twenty-one, there's the full star. And in Luke chapter twelve, this is what God's word says: "And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years." Take life easy, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? For so many years, you've been storing up. For so many years, you've been investing. For so many years, you've been saving. For so many years, you've been building this house. But you fool. My, I am demanding from your life. The next verse, verse 21. 
This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Everything that you stored, what is he saying? You're following the fool star. Are you following the skeptic star? Are you following the fool star? Or are you following the bright and morning star? You see, the fool star has no judgment. And the fool star, they know right from wrong, but they don't care. But are you going to follow the bright and morning star? See, there are things that happens when you follow the bright and morning star. There is a response. There are certain actions that are produced out of the people who are committed, who have trust, who have placed their faith in Jesus, who is the bright and morning star. And we find this in the three wise men. And this is what they did when they found him. How many of you have found Jesus? How many of you, Jesus is living and breathing in your heart? Amen. Can somebody give God praise for the renewing power of God's work in your life? Amen. Does anybody know a God who's renewed a marriage? Anybody know a God who's renewed a mind? Anybody know a God who's renewed a broken heart and took a heart of stone and made it a heart of... Does anybody know that God? The bright and morning star. And this is what the wise men do when they find him. This is, what the, this is how the wise men respond when they see him. Not in a palace, but in a stable. Not, in, not just in regards to being surrounded by royalty, but surrounded by animals in a Sick, smelly, twisted place. This is how they respond. Number one, this is what they did. They fell down and worshipped him. It didn't matter what kind of mess was in front of them. It didn't matter what kind of dirty situation their life entered into. It didn't matter. See, they, they were less. See, this is what happens when you are led by the bride and morning star, not a skeptic star or a full star. When you are led by Jesus, who is the bright and morning star, this is what happens with the Magi. It's not the disappointment, the disappointment in life that changes us. It's what we do after we visit the stable of disappointment that can change you and direct you and lead you into what is behind what God is wanting to show you. All you see is a stable, but God is wanting to present you the savior of the world. You see a bar, but there is so much blessing that's about to come out in the midst, in the middle of all the animals. But if you allow your eyes just to see the disappointment, it will cause you to sit there in disgust because of the direction. You thought God was going to direct you this way, but then God directs you another way. I thought God would direct me into a palace, but God directed me into a stable. I thought God would direct me around royalty, but God has placed me in the midst of animals. But the Magi followed a star looking for a king. And within two years, they found him. And the first thing they did, according to Matthew 2, verse 11, they fell down and worshiped him. Number two, the second thing they did, they shared their wealth with him. They gave up gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It wasn't enough for them to say, oh, look, it's sweet baby Jesus. I've got to give him something because of how good he's been to me. I, I got to surrender something because of how he has surrendered his life for me. 
Last time I checked, the Bible says it is through his blood that he paid a price for your sin. It was through his body that was broken where he made a way for you and I to be able to enter in. It was because of him and what he gave. The least I can do is give my life in response to his. And the Bible says that they shared his wealth with him. Number three, they were only concerned. Someone shout, they were only concerned. They were only concerned with giving and not receiving. When they met Jesus, the king, two years of leaving everything, two years in the wilderness, not hearing, knowing, understanding, but following, just following a, a star in the wilderness. This travel guy. Not a, they didn't get a word from God. The heavens didn't break out and the angels sing in a mass choir like Kanye West has wherever he goes, you know. None of that. All they had was a word, a prophetic word, and from that prophetic word led to a star, and from that star for two years, never getting a direct word from God, never receiving a personal prophetic word from, from the Father. They just followed one word, two years in the wilderness, and it caused them to fall down and worship him. It caused them to share their wealth with him. And this is what blows my mind. They didn't ask to receive anything from him. Jesus, can you, can, can you give me wisdom on how to raise my family? Jesus, can you give me wisdom on how to change India or Arabia to serve you and to love you? Can you give me, can you, can you give me, I know, I know, I know, I know. Someone shout, I know. I know Solomon might be the wisest man, but can I be the second wisest man? Maybe if you promise someone to be the second, can I be whatever is the next position? Can I be that in the scheme of things when it comes to wisdom in order to lead people and help them? They didn't ask for anything because when you really are looking for the king, you'll give up it all. You'll give it all. The Magi looked for a king, not tradition. So many of us, we say we're looking for Jesus. You're not looking for Jesus. You're looking for a tradition. You're looking for something that you you can repeat and don't have to trust when it comes to the process. You see, here's the thing about God. It's funny. When it came to the wise men, they lived in the king's palace. You know what God does to humble them? He takes them from the king's palace and lets them wander in the wilderness. You would think that, man, after two years of serving you, after two years of neglecting my family, giving up my friends, giving up my past, and following you, man, I got something in store for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God, I've been tithing for one month. You about to open up the floodgates of heaven when it comes to wealth. Really? One month? Really? They gave up everything for two years. Noah gave up everything for 120. Can we go there, you know? One month, really? One year, really? Two years. And they follow the bright and morning star. I, like, I remember, I remember like, um, growing up in, in Somerville Family Worship Center, my home church. And I remember, I remember just life just seemed to be a wilderness moment when it came to walking in purpose, when it came to having a future. Like growing up, eight, nine, 10 years old, my, you, you want to know what I wanted to be in regards to profession? I wanted to become a pro thief. 
Seriously, I wanted to become a pro thief. I don't know if it was because of all the movies that I watched as a little kid or whatever. I wanted to have the night vision goggles, all the black attire, just swoop, cut the glass, enter in, steal some diamonds, and walk out. It was just, I don't know, it was interesting. The second thing I wanted to be was a professional wrestler. After, after I watched The Rock, I'm like, I could be anything I put my mind to. No, I'm short, I'm bald, but then I realized The Rock, he's not short, but he is bald. Maybe there is some chance. You know, I don't know, I'm just saying. Some of you shaking. There is a chance. Thank you. Maybe I'm, I might, you know, after pastoring, I might seek that out. I'm just kidding. And so that, that was my goal in life. And then Steve Wilson walks into my life. And the light of Christ that was in him shined so bright. It wasn't his preaching that saved me. It wasn't his eloquence of speech that moved me. It was none of that. But it was the life that he lived. It was so bright. I remember cussing him out at Stratford High School. I remember him showing up unexpectedly at my house, and I would cuss him out right there. But his light shined so bright, regardless of the shade that I threw at him, regardless of the words that I placed on him, regardless of the way I acted towards him, his light shined so bright. So bright that I ended up giving my life, not at a youth service, not at a youth conference, but I gave my life to Christ because the light shined so bright in his life and a Sunday school classroom with just me and him. I wonder, what light have you been following all your life? Can we, parents, what light are you shining out of your life? Because people are watching and people are following the light. Are they following the full star? Are they following a skeptic star? Are they following the bright and morning star that is illuminating outside of your life? The bright and morning star that shines, that shines forgiveness. The bright and morning star that shines grace and mercy. The bright and morning star that says, you know what? I know you spit on this cheek, but I'm going to turn the other cheek. Mark, I know you cursed me this week, but I'm going to come after you next week. I'm going to shine bright just like God shined bright in the darkness for my life. I'm going to give it back. And I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm not looking at what I can receive from you. I'm looking at what I can give because of what he gave to me. You really know when someone follows the bright and morning star. They're the best givers. They're the best contributors. And I'm not just talking to the local church. I'm talking about the, they get the best presents. Like, like they get the best tips at restaurants. Like, like when it comes to the birthday, they don't want to just give you just, 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 just some gift that they got on Clarence at Target. You know what I'm saying? Like, they literally buy presents as if they're buying it for themselves. Why? Because they are so generous, because they ex experience someone who has been generous to them. Anybody experience a generous God? I, okay, two people. Anybody experience a generous God in this house? Amen. And what ends up happening is when they encounter the bright and morning star, they fell down and worshiped him. They shared their wealth. They were only concerned with giving and not receiving. And I remember in that Sunday school classroom, I remember not asking God what I can receive. In fact, I didn't even ask God for anything. I just said, God, I give you my heart and I give you my life. Man, I remember it. His life shines so bright. I remember, of a, I remember another bright light in my life, Joyce Lane. I remember growing up in elementary school, sister, Miss Joyce, and her husband, 
who was the pa- they were the pastors of the church when I grew up in there. I remember as a little kid, at this season, Christmas season, at the end of service, I looked forward to the Sunday before Christmas because we would all get a paper bag. Anybody get a brown paper bag back in the day? You know what I'm saying? I remember, I remember everything that was in that brown paper bag because it was the same thing every year. Every year in that brown paper bag, we would get a, literally an orange, an apple, a banana, a box of small raisins, and either a Snickers or a Milky Way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And Sister Joyce, she would always save an extra one and give it to me because I was one of her favorites. I thought I really was, but come to find out, she told everybody that. You know what I'm saying? And if I was lucky, I would walk out with not just a Milky Way, but also a Snickers too. And Miss Joyce was one of those bright lights that every Sunday, I would sit in the back row on the right-hand side, and she would come up and she'd say, Mark Jr., God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Every Sunday, like clockwork. And I'm praying for you. You're going to change this world, son. Now, here comes a board where the majority of my meals growing up was ramen noodles. We rarely went out to eat growing up. It was rare. Unless it was Thursdays and kids eat free at Captain D's. Or kids eat free on Tuesdays at McDonald's. Now, I was back in the day. They don't do no kids eat free at McDonald's anymore, you know? They got the dollar menu for that, you know what I'm saying? And growing up, it's like I look forward to that day because I knew Joyce Lane would come. She would give me a brown paper bag, and I would get an orange, apple, banana, box of raisins, and a Snickers and a Milky Way. But more importantly, she would hug me, and she would kiss my forehead, and I hated it, but I loved it, you know? I hated it because all my friends were watching, like, ew, you got cuties. But I loved it because I loved being loved. Because I knew what she would say after it. You're a world changer, and you're going to change this world, Mark. A bright light. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for that bright light that led me to where I am now. And if you would search your heart and your mind, the reason why you are here is because there's been a bright light in your life. God illuminated a star And you are starstruck sitting here because of someone that God awoke in them, this world-changing desire to lead you into another direction that God predestined for you to be in. And if I'm not mistaken, I would think that there are some people in here who in the next 10 seconds should give praise to the people that God has illuminated, awoke in your life for you to be here right now in this place to worship him in spirit and in truth. God, we thank you for the bright lights. We thank you, God, for the people who led us here. We thank you for the people who trusted you. And the reason why I'm here is not by accident. It's not because I am good all and by myself. No, it's because of your grace and mercy. It has led me to be in this place. But if you're not careful, you'll get disappointed in the place you're in, thinking it's a stable, thinking it's a barn, thinking it's a nasty situation. And I get it. Some of us, it is a nasty situation where, can we just be honest? Some of the things we're experiencing in our family, it is nasty. Some of the things that you're experiencing with your spouse, it is ugly. The noise that certain people around you are saying, it is so noisy and it is distracting. And it's like, what good can come out of that? A savior. A savior. That's what good can come out of that. 
The one who would deliver you and I from every issue we would ever experience in order for us to be able to have the bonus and courage to walk through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear evil because in the midst of my barn, Jesus is with me. In the midst of animals, God has never left me, nor has he forsaken me. Someone shout, God is with me. They fell down and worshiped him. They shared their wealth with him. They were only concerned with giving and not receiving. Before I close here, number four, they cared only about seeing Christ than to obey the law of the land and what Herod commanded. This is huge. Herod asked them, once you find him, come tell me. This is the, Herod represented the law of the world during this time. Herod represented what the world says you shouldn't talk about God. You shouldn't talk about Jesus. You should just simmer down. You shouldn't, you should keep that to yourself. And, but in, yet in the midst of all of it, what ended up happening was they cared only about seeing Christ than to obey Herod's command. I wonder when the world speaks, do you shut up? When the world speaks, do you quit the commitment that you gave from the beginning when you encountered a supernatural awakening in, in the stable? When God illuminated who he was to you, when you walked out of this place, did you allow your family, your friends, peer pressure to shut you down? Or like the three wise men, you know what? I don't care what he says, and I don't care what he's going to do, but I, we are going to find the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've already paid a price. What, 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 what else can we give? What else can we lose? Where else can we go except to keep walking and to keep entering until we experience a breakthrough? How many of you, there is a breakthrough that you're needing in your life that only God can do, that only God can make, that only God can create and build? Can you stand to your feet real fast as we close? First, you're not alone. Two, God is here. Not only is God here, but God is willing. God is desiring for you to experience a breakthrough in him. But are you willing to take action you see, here is what I love. And this is what you need to understand for your own self. Number one, am I really following Christ's star? That's what you got to ask yourself. Am I really following Jesus? Am I really following his purpose? Am I really trusting him and where he's leading me to go? Or do I need to know the, the exact place, the exact time of what is going to happen in that place? And then I'll start. Or do you have crazy faith to say, you know what? I don't know where I'm going and I don't know how it can happen, but I'm going to trust you. I don't see how my marriage can turn around. I don't see how my finances can start from zero to be where it needs to be. And I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how my faith can change. God, my faith is so small. My faith is so dry. My faith is so dead. But if you can follow the bright and morning star, he can lead you somewhere today. He can lead you to experience what we are about to experience in a couple days. Christmas, in a way that only God can reveal to us today. 
But you got to ask yourself, am I really following Christ star? Or am I following some other star? Am I following the world's way? Am I, am, am, I, am I following my own wants and my own desires? Number two, ask yourself this question. Have I truly accepted God's gift? Number one, am I really following Christ star? Number two, have I truly accepted God's gift? What are you talking about, God? His grace, his mercy to forgive you, to save you, to redeem you, and to make you a son, a child of the king. Number three, this is huge. Has my sense of loyalty to Christ been renewed? Has my sense to Jesus, my sense of loyalty to Jesus Christ been renewed? Is it growing? Is it advancing? Or am I fickle with my faith? Am I fickle with my loyalty? Am I only committed to Christ when Christ gives me? Am I, only going to, am I only going to give to Christ when God blesses me? Or am I committed to Christ no matter the cost? No matter the price? Because when you really encounter Christ, you can't help. We see it with the wise men. You can't help but worship him. The Bible says that they fell down and they worshiped him. People who don't worship God have never encountered God. I... I'm about to say a strong statement. I might lose people, but you need to hear the truth. If you have a hard time worshiping God, you have never encountered God. You've encountered what the Bible says, you know, a form of godliness, but it has no power to change. If you really encounter God, it, man, it's like Paul. You remember when you remember when you saw Jesus. I go back to the Sunday school. When I hear people talk about, man, I've been saved for up 10 years. Man, how was it? Well, you know, I don't remember. You don't remember the greatest day of your life? When he wiped away your sins? When he changed your heart? When he renewed your mind? You don't remember the, day, the first day you got a revelation of who God was into you? you don't, they remember when Jesus was born in a manger. That's how, that's how much they remember. And this has happened how many years? Over 2,000 plus years? Pastor Mark, well, that, I don't, Pastor, I, I don't believe in what, I don't believe me, believe the Bible. Whenever anyone encountered God, whenever anyone encountered Jesus, it wrecked them for the good. When anyone ever encountered Jesus, it, it changed their mind, it changed their heart, and it changed their actions. This isn't one of my points, but man, here's another thing. When, when the wise men, encountered Jesus, you know what happened? Then they, they, they didn't go the, back home the same direction. When you encounter Jesus, you're not gonna go back in the same direction you came. The way you came in this morning, God's gonna lead you a different way. The way you are feeling this morning, you're gonna lead a different way. When you encounter Jesus, everything changes. Well, Pastor Mark, you don't understand the word is crazy. And, and, they killed Jesus because it was crazy. Nothing's changed. Well, you don't understand what's going on with these churches, what's going on with this church. Do you realize all the churches that shut down are literally a small, a small percentage of what God is doing worldwide? Can we just go there? What is happening in regards to the negative news, the shade that the enemy is painting through all these 
small churches or mega churches. It doesn't matter. That is not the picture of God's church, period. God's church, God's church is bright. God's church is bright. God's church is bright. Why? Because we are throwing the bright and morning star. There is no amount of shade. There is no amount of people. And there is no amount of pain that can be placed on your life that God can't lead you through. That God can't produce miracles, signs, and wonders. Why? Because he is a way maker. Even when I don't feel it. Even when I don't feel it. I don't have to feel it. Because I trust he's always working on my behalf. He's always working on behalf of those who will trust him. I know you can turn my marriage around. I know you can renew my mind. I know you can heal my heart. I know you can turn it around. And you, I know your word is true. You can turn everything and work it towards my good. I know you've never seen the righteous forsaken or your seed begging for bread. Go back to the prophetic word that God gave you. Go back to God. Someone shout God's word. God's word. I, I think... And I, None of, these, none of this has been in my notes the last 10 minutes. I think there's 330 prophecies. That sounds right. 330 prophecies that have all come true in Old Testament about Jesus. 330 prophecies. You can't fake that. You can't make that up. The Bible in and of itself has more to back it up than the most historical poets this world has ever seen, than the Shakespeare and the, the Homer the Odyssey. Homer the, the Odyssey has the most in regards to the world standards, in regards to scripts, manuscripts that promote it, back it up. The Bible has way more than anything in this world. And people want to say it's fake. People want to say you can't believe it. It's phony. People want to say, no, go ahead. Follow the full star. Follow the skeptic star, or you can follow the bright and morning star that can lead you from the pit of anxiety and depression and lead you to wonder, like, how could I get here other than but God? How in the world can this be changed other than but God? God can, I can experience a king in the midst of a stable. I can experience royalty in the midst of animals. I can do Holy Spirit, thank you. Some of you are in a stable, but God is about to bring wise people in your life to him. God is about to bring wise people in your life. I hear this from the Holy Spirit. God is about to bring resources into your life. But here's it. You got to trust him. You got to surrender to him. It can't just be moment to moment. There comes a time when we, we put away childish things. You know, children fall every once in a while when they're learning to walk. How foolish if all of us here still struggled walking. We would look like the biggest fools this world has ever seen. Oh, so I know some of you have issues right now, but it's okay. God can heal you. My wife feels like that every time she wears heels. So, you know, I can't walk now. But I do it because you think it's cute. Whatever. Here's the bottom line. God is going to work on your behalf. But you first have to trust him. Some of you are trusting him. Some of you are trusting him. You left your job and you thought, how in the world can anything come out of this mess? And you're making more money than you've ever made before right now because you're trusting him. You're trusting him. Can, how in the world can God change my family? How in the world can God lead me from... 
If you keep trusting him, he'll blow your mind more than he's ever blown your mind right now. Jamon, your finances, in the hands of God, <laughs> in the hands of God, oh my God, in the hands of God. But you got to trust him. Are you following the fool star, the skeptic star, the brightening morning star? Nolan, God has a plan for you, man. It's not a coincidence all the things that we talked about this week. God's awakening as you follow the brightening morning star. Oh my, our God. Woo! Can you just place your hand on your heart right now? In the name of Jesus, I speak everything that you have spoken in this life. We cash in this morning right now. We believe you. We trust you, God. We're not going to doubt you. We're going to care. We're not, we've had an I don't care mentality for so long. But today, I feel the Holy Spirit burning something deep. Mm, receive it. Marshall, can you place your hand on your heart? I, I feel this word for you too right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, for every word. There's been so many years, God, that we, we've served you faithfully. But today, today is the day where we let go of a skeptic's mindset, of a foolish mindset, and we will just trust you, not knowing the end result of where you're leading us. We're gonna trust you. I don't care what I see. I realize through your word, in the midst of a stable, in the midst of animals, you can save me through it all. Anyone dealing with financial issues, can you just raise your hand right now? You're dealing with financial issues. I pray the spirit of wise men to come to you right now in the midst of a barn where there seems to be no resources around in the midst of a situation where there seems to be everyone else is denied you no you can't come in no you can't stay here no you're denied in the midst of a barn God is going to show up in your life in such a way if you can trust him if you can love him if you cannot look to what you can receive but you keep giving a heart of trust a heart of faith to him God is gonna open supernatural doors now in Jesus name let it be done let it be done father God right now I pray for every woman and every man in this house it's your time the Holy Spirit I rebuke the scared mindset that keeps looking back at disappointments. Holy Spirit. There's so much disappointment in the room. And if you're experiencing a disappointment in some area of your life, this is going to be your breakthrough. Will you come up for prayer? Will you just stand right here in the front? If you're if you've experienced some kind of disappointment in your life, yeah. I was going to call you down if you weren't coming. Holy Spirit's working on you so strong right now. Oh my gosh. Will y'all squeeze in? Pastor Dylan, would you help guide him? Jessica, would you come? I see you right now in the spirit right now. Praying. Heather, will you come? I see you right now in the spirit. Right now, we're just going to follow the Holy Spirit. We're going to trust Him. Hold on, not yet, not yet, not yet. Don't wait for someone to come lay their hands on you to pray for you. You give your heart right now. 
You share your wealth. What do you mean? Whatever is inside of your mind and heart, God says, I want it. That's why I came to this world in order to handle it. I came to handle your issues. I came to handle your pain. I came to take full responsibility of your life if you will just trust me. That's all I want you to trust me. Let me in the driver's seat. You go in the passenger seat. Trust me. I, I can take care of your health. There's a purpose of why you're, there's someone in this line, you're dealing with a health issue. There's a reason why you're dealing with a health issue. God is going to reveal it to you. He's going to reveal it to you. There's a purpose. What good? I don't know. But today, God's going to let you know there is a purpose for your bar. There's a purpose for you being in that stable. There is a purpose for you being placed in the midst of animals. In the midst of animals. God has put you there. God has placed you. A bright light. Heather, Jess, like in the spirit, just trust God. Don't think in the natural. Just trust in the spirit. What is that? Just trust God. And just lay your hands on their head and pray for God to renew their mind. Pastor Dylan, if you would pray for the men. Let's move. Worship team.